So I have a question. Well, I'm asking for a friend. Does God love transgender people? I'm asking for a friend. Everyone's worried all the time. What do you think we're all so worried about? If our God is the one true God, why doesn't everyone believe that? Why does God only heal some people? I'm just asking for a friend. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And if this is your first time, maybe someone invited you or you're joining us online for the first time, welcome. If I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're so glad that you're with us. Last week, we kicked off this brand new series called Asking for a Friend. And we're taking the next few weeks, and we're looking at topics that maybe we're sometimes uncomfortable to ask about, we don't know the answers to. We're looking at some difficult topics that many times we don't think about talking about in church, but I believe that we should be talking about these topics. And so the next few weeks, I know there are going to be some great conversations and some great topics to think about. And I mentioned this last week, but on week five of this series, we're going to have a panel here up on stage. And we want to answer more of your questions. And so Maybe you have questions about the Bible, about God, about church, or why do Christians think like this, or why do Christians do this, and we want to do our best to answer those. And so right there on the screen, there's a number that you can text, and you can take that number down even throughout the week. If something pops into your head, you're reading the Bible, and you're thinking, what in the world does that mean? Why did God put that in the Bible? Text those questions in, and we're going to do our best to answer some of those questions on the last week of this series. We want to tackle some of those difficult topics um, together. And so it's going to be a great couple of weeks in in the last week of this. I know it's going to be great. Well, today we're asking the question, what are we all so worried about? What are we all so worried about? And in a message talking about worry and stress, I know it can feel a little bit heavy. And so we're going to start this message by doing something together. Um, Everyone here in the room, everyone watching online, I'm going to need you to participate in this, okay? Scientists have done studies, and they found out through studying children and little kids that they laugh 300 times a day. I mean, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? 300 times during the day, their day is interrupted with joy or something funny or something comical where they'll just break out in laughter. But as we get older because of busyness, because of schedules, stress, overwhelming things, that number 300 moves down to 15. So the average adult, and some of us are like, that even seems like a lot. I don't know if I laugh 15 times a day, but we do. We laugh around 15 times a day, the average adult. And once again, it's because of these overwhelming things that we feel in our life, we forget to laugh. Well, the comedian and actor Steve Martin, some of you guys may know him from his movies and throwback to SNL, um, he wakes up in the morning and he looks in the mirror 
and he makes himself laugh for five minutes straight. Five minutes. Nothing's funny. He just makes himself laugh. And when asked, why would you do this? He, he says, you know what? Whenever I begin to laugh, no matter how hard my day is going to get, no matter what I have to do, how I'm feeling, it gives me energy. It gives my, gets my creative juices flowing. It kind of sets the atmosphere for whatever I'm going to experience. But no matter what else happens, at least I've laughed for five minutes that day, right? Nothing else good happens. At least I've laughed for, laughed for five minutes that day. So we're going to do that this morning. Not for five minutes, okay, but for 15 seconds. And you may have had a really horrible morning, so this is going to push some of you guys, okay? This is going to be a little difficult. Now, I've done this, and let me just tell you, the first three seconds aren't really that hard. You can make yourself laugh out loud. The next, you know, 12 seconds there is going to feel like an eternity, okay? So I give you permission, look at other people, maybe them laughing out loud will help you laugh out loud, okay? Laughing is contagious, and so we're going to do this. Don't make me look stupid up here laughing by myself, okay? So I'm really going to need your help. So here we go. We're going to put 15 seconds up here. Everyone online, join us too, and start laughing out loud. Here we go. That timer. <laughs> okay. We did it, you guys. Give yourself a hand. You made it. 15 seconds. So no matter what else happens today or even how bad this message is, you've at least laughed for 15 seconds, okay? You know, we don't go through life just doing that. You know, many of us don't. We don't go through life laughing. Um, sometimes it doesn't even feel like our life is full, a lot, full of a lot of joy. For so many of us, that question that we're asking, what are we all so worried about, feels very real inside of our life. And as I begin to think about this question and just reflect on this, I thought, there is so much that we're facing right now as individuals and as um, people at large that don't make our lives feel full of joy. That life can feel very hard and difficult and even stressful and worry, full of worry and full of anxiety many times as we're going through life. And you start to look at this, the political landscape that we're facing. And there is so much political division right here in our nation. I heard one commentator say, this is the most divided America has been since the Civil War. And you look at what's going on kind of worldwide with health and sickness and illness that is taking place. And that's very difficult to think about and wrestle through. You look through the uncertainty of how jobs are changing. I mean, what has happened over the past kind of year and a half has changed um, the financial climate and what's taking place. And there's a lot of uncertainty of what jobs will there be in the future, what jobs will not exist in the future, and am I safe in my finances and in what's going on um, with jobs in the world. And, and there's so much taking place. There's so much division in all of these things. Now, many people would argue, hey, we're not the only people to face this. You know, other generations, you look at the Great Depression, you look at the couple of world wars that everyone went through. You look at other wars that have been fought and um, the military conflict that's going on. Other people have faced this. And other people have faced even worldwide illnesses and sickness that has taken place in the world and financial distress and all of those things. I think what compounds the problem for us and where we're sitting at in this is we have been told for decades now the world's getting better. And science is advancing. 
and technology is advancing and we're getting better at, as the world. And so we've had kind of in the back of our minds this idea of, hey, we're all connected to each other through the internet now. And so all of this cultural divide, this racial divide, at this point, it will all be gone because in a matter of seconds, you can connect with people around the world and you can see other cultures and all of these things. So we won't be facing these problems in 2021. And we've learned so much about the human body and science and medicine and all of these things. Like At this point, we kind of assumed we'll have answered some of the problems with sickness and illness and what's taking place in our world, and we just haven't. Technology and robotics and AI and all of this, aren't we supposed to have flying cars at this point, you guys? Like, isn't that already supposed to have happened? And we're living lives of leisure, and robots are doing all of our household chores for us, and none of that has taken place. And the struggle, you guys, is this, is we were on this mindset or this track of thinking that the world is going to get better, and we're not going to face the issues that previous generations have faced, and in no way has reality lined up with our expectations. It's not gotten better, you guys. It's gotten worse. And all of those things, not only are we facing them, but there was this idea of we have these dreams and we have these thoughts and mankind is advancing, and yet it doesn't seem to be getting that much better on a worldwide perspective. And so not only are we facing these things, but we're facing the reality that some of our hopes and our dreams and our thoughts at this point, that science and knowledge and all of these things have not just made the world a better place. But that's not the only thing that causes worry and stress in our life. We also face this idea that we are not enough. Just stop and think about it. Our lives are on display 24-7 through technology and through social media. And there are so many studies that are starting to be done about what are the long-term effects of an entire generation being raised on this. That somehow my life doesn't live up to someone else's Instagram filter or someone else's TikTok video, and I don't know how every day they have the perfect day, the perfect outfit, the perfect date, you know, the perfect meal. Everything is kind of picture perfect within that frame, and why does their post get more likes than my post? I think I write something witty on Facebook, and there's zero responses. There's all of those things, and it makes us feel like we're not enough, right? That somehow someone else has this perfect life out there and I lived stress and I lived worried because no matter what I do, I can't possibly live up to 7 billion other people's lives and how great it seems. And I must be the only one missing out because social media tells me that I'm just not good enough. And we live this kind of life, the pressures outside, the internal pressures that we put on ourselves to kind of achieve this certain type of lifestyle or this certain type of look and all of those things simply add to the worry and the stress and all that we're facing. What are we also worried about? Well, when we live this kind of life, do you know what tends to happen? Now, we're maybe Christians or people that are religious or spiritual, so we may not say it like this, but we begin to ask questions. God, there are so many people sick and dying. Don't you care about this world? God, there are is military conflict and there's all of these things going on in the world aren't you in control god aren't you in control of what's going on god i don't feel like i'm enough don't you care about me don't you see about me 
how come it seems like good things always happen to bad people? And I'm trying to be a good person, and yet it seems like I can't catch a break. And we begin with these patterns of thinking, once again, sometimes on a subconscious level of where are you at, God? And don't you care? Don't you see me? Don't you know what is going on? And there's a difficulty in that, in those things that we face that continually compound and create difficulty with the worry, the stress, the anxiety, feeling overwhelmed in our life. And as we're facing this question, what are we all so worried about? And we're seeing everything that's going on. There's one truth that we need to remember and that we need to build our lives upon. And it's this right here. The power of God is bigger than the problems in this world. And Yahweh cares for you. The power of God is bigger than the problems in this world. And that last part is so important. Yahweh cares for you. God cares about your life. He's concerned with what you're going through. And so we kind of know, I don't have to spend a lot of time on what are we worried about. It may look slightly different in your life, but we're facing some pretty big things that cause worry and stress and anxiety in our life. And yet we need to remember that there is a God who is on our side. There is a God who wants to be connected in a relationship with us. And he is bigger. He is more powerful than the things that we are facing. And he actually cares about my life. He doesn't just care about the global world, 7 billion people. He cares about Aaron Escamilla and what I'm going to wake up and what I'm going to face today and what I'm going to go through. Yahweh cares for me. Now, as we dive into this message and where I want to spend the majority of our time this morning is what do we do when we feel worried or stressed or anxious or overwhelmed? What do we do with these kinds of feelings? But before I jump into what do we do, let me just acknowledge this. I realize that the church has not done a great job with this in the past. Here's what we've done sometimes. Hey, you know what? You shouldn't be worried or stressed if you're a follower of Jesus because all of this is just going to fade away eventually anyway, right? And something called the rapture is going to happen, and you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to be in a better place. So stop worrying because none of this matters. That is a horrible perspective. That is a horrible way to look at the world. We've tried to be the proverbial ostrich with our head in the sand and act like, hey, nothing's going wrong, and we just ignore whatever's taking place in the world. That is not what the gospel tells us to do. And so everything that we're talking about today, worry, stress, anxiety, these are real things. These are real things in our life, okay? The political unrest that we are facing, the military conflict, the natural disasters that are happening in our world that seem overwhelming, real issues and poverty in people's lives, those are real things and they are not to be ignored by the church. God doesn't ask us to ignore those things. And those are difficulties and they're large questions. But I believe God has called us to respond when we're feeling worried or when we're feeling stressed, that there's a way that we can respond and understand that God cares about what is going on in our world. And so if you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed, this is not a message that says just ignore it. It doesn't matter. What you're facing isn't real. That is not this message, okay? What you're feeling is real. God gave us emotions, and those feelings are real. 
But we want to know, God, how have you called us to respond to this? How should we react in these situations when we're facing difficult things? So let me give us some direction of how can we respond in these moments where we do feel overwhelmed. The first is this. Let worry and stress be an alarm clock for prayer. Let worry and stress be an alarm clock for prayer in your life. And here's what I mean by that. We talked about this a few weeks ago. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says this. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. And so when you're facing difficult circumstances, God, I don't know the decision to make. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling a little uncertain. I'm feeling anxious. Let that be an alarm clock in your mind that says stop right now and pray. Stop right now and give that to God. Stop right now and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to act like I do. I have no idea how this is going to turn out or the decision or what I'm facing at school or this relationship or this promotion or I have to buy this. I don't know what to do, God. And I'm feeling a little stressed about it. And so I bring it to you. God, you know how to take care of this. You know the direction of my life. God, you know what's taking place. Lord, I bring this to you. Let worry and stress be an alarm clock in your mind for prayer. I need to stop and pray right now. We have made a shift in the Escamilla house, and Gabriel, um, one of our older guys who's a junior in high school, started running cross country. And you guys, I am a sports parent. Like, I'm out there yelling, like cheering him on. He doesn't always like it, but I get pretty energetic there. Um, But something that we've had to start to do every day is alarm clock goes off around like 540 or sometimes even earlier in the morning. Because we live in Texas, and you can't run after school. you got to run before school. Okay, so now when my alarm clock goes off in the morning, usually I would just kind of wake up. But now when it goes off, I'm immediately alerted like, hey, there's some things I need to do. Does Gabriel have his running uniform packed? Does he have his school outfit packed? Does he have stuff to shower with at school? Did he grab extra snacks because it's too early to eat breakfast? Like my mind immediately goes into all of these things when that alarm clock goes off. There's some new habits um, over this school year that I'm developing because Gabe has to get up early and run. And that's the way worry and stress should be. You need some new habits in your life. I need some new habits in my life that immediately when that feeling of anxiety starts to well up inside of me, I don't freak out. I just stop and I start to pray, God, I don't know what to do, but you do. God, I know that you care for me. I know that you see what it is that I'm going through. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says this. Peter tells the early believers, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Don't ignore them. Don't act like they're not there. That's not what he's saying. He said, when you feel stress or worried, you bring it to the Lord. You cast it on God. You bring it before God. You know why? Because he cares for you. I was reflecting on this verse a number of years ago, and God decided to have a conversation with me. And he said, Aaron, there are times where you're not as fervent, where you're not as committed in prayer because you don't truly trust me. And I said, God, I'm a pastor, right? Like, I trust you. I stand up in front of a lot of other people and tell them how good you are. I trust you. And he's like, no, you really think you have to fix it on your own. You fall into this mindset that maybe I'm not moving as fast as you want me to, or maybe I'm not doing what it is that you want me to. And so I get stuck in this mindset like, God, I love you. I know you care about me, but I've got to take care of this because I don't see you doing anything. And he's like, that's why you don't bring it to me. You don't think I actually care about you. 
And you guys, that's a challenge in our life. Some of us, prayerlessness, it's that reminder we don't think God actually cares about us. But when I trust my heavenly father that he has my best interest in mind, not what I want, not how I want it to go, not the decision that I'm looking for, but he knows better than me and he cares for me, it is nothing for me to bring my worries to him. God, you've got this. I don't know what to do, but Lord, I trust you with this. Lord, I bring this in front of you. I bring this before you because I know that you care for me. God, I know that you're concerned about me. And so I would challenge you, let worry and stress be that alarm clock for prayer in your life. Bring it before the Lord, whatever it is that you're facing. The second is this, you need to limit the voices in your life. I would say this, the voices in your life are causing a lot of the worry and stress that you and I walk through. You need to limit the voices in your life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, this guy named Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament, a lot of the books that we have um, in this part, this section of the Bible, he's writing to the church, and this is what he says about growing in maturity with Christ. He says, when we grow into maturity, we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. He's saying, do you want to see a sign of maturity in your life? You're limiting the voices and not listening to everything that's coming in that's trying to pull you one way and then another voice is pulling you another. And you and I need to limit the voices in our life because they can be overwhelming and they can toss us back and forth. Let me tell you this. The things you are listening to, what you're watching, the things that you're coming across, that Facebook article, it is there for a couple of reasons. Number one is to entertain you. I know it's called news. It is not. It's entertainment, okay? And they want you to keep watching and keep clicking, okay? That's what they want you to do. Keep watching and keep clicking, right? So you'll go on to that next video, and then YouTube always knows exactly what I want to see next, right? And so it says playing now in five seconds. It's other video. And here's what they're telling you. This is the latest news. No one else has this information, this is breaking headlines, right? Mainstream doesn't want to tell you this, but we're bringing it to you live here. There's all these voices that are trying to crowd out and pull you one way and another and trying to crowd out the voice of God inside of your life. That's what they're meant to do. That's what they're doing. And there's all of this noise inside of our life, and there's this struggle. And can I tell you this? A lot of times they're Christian voices. I know this is going to hit some of you guys, but it's all this doctrine. And I listen to this guy and I listen to this guy and I listen to this guy. And then you come into this place and you don't know what to believe. You're listening to too many voices. That's what we're doing. And it's crowding out the one true voice that we should actually be listening to. So I want you to hear this. Think about all the noise inside of our life, all of the things that surround us as we go day in and day out and what it actually sounds like. What that noise is inside of our life. Listen to this. All of those things. Breaking headlines. Social media. 
he can hear that. Charlie Brown's teacher, right? Your boss, your teacher, wah, 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 wah. All of those sounds and all of those noises that are constantly surrounding us. Now, you may have caught it in the first few seconds, but there was something else that was playing that entire time. And when you limit the voices, when you remove all of this, you tend to hear something else that comes through. See, when you stop everything else, the voice of God and what it is that he wants to say to your heart becomes a lot clearer. And there's this powerful thing in our life that we can hear God's voice when everything else has stopped, when we limit those voices in our life. Jesus says in John chapter 10, he says this, talking about himself, when he, the good shepherd, has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll not follow a stranger In fact, they'll run away from the stranger because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. See, we need to limit the voices in our life because they're causing worry and stress and anxiety. And many of us, we've forgotten this. Dr. Alicia Britt-Sholee, one of Sarah's mentors, says this, Intelligence and discipline is not being able to think. It's choosing what you should think about. It's asking God, what do you want me to think? Not just listening to everything that comes across. How many times as Christians do we fail to do this? Like, God, I trust you with my salvation. God, I trust you with my faith. I may even trust you with my finances. But we fail to invite God into our thought life. God, do you want me to watch that video? What that person's talking about? Do, should I even let my mind go there, God? Is this a conversation you want to have with me? Do I need to limit the voices in my life? And so many of us, we're causing extra stress, worry, and anxiety because we're not limiting the voices that are speaking into our life. The last thing I want to challenge you to do when it comes to worry and stress and anxiety is this. Redirect your patterns of thinking. Redirect your patterns of thinking. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as a man thinks within himself, so he is. That the way that you allow your mind to go and your patterns of thinking, that is going to direct your life. And so if you're always thinking about the disasters going on, if you're always thinking about what that project is that seems overwhelming, if you allow that to take over and control your thought patterns, it is going to determine the direction of your life. But you have a choice. You can redirect the patterns of your thinking in your life. This week I was reading a book and this individual was commenting on a monk who lived, I believe it was around the 13th century, and he went out in the, in the desert to battle the devil. And as you hear that, you may think like I did, like this is going to be pretty weird, okay? And he's writing in his journal about this, about this kind of tackling the devil and wrestling with the devil and battling the devil. But it wasn't like most of us think about the devil or demonic forces. When he journals about this, he said, the number one thing I had to overcome was my thoughts. Because Satan, Jesus describes him as the father of all lies. And how does he attack the church and believers and God's creation? With lies. 
And so to wrestle with the devil is not just this extended time of prayer, or it's not saying all of these horrible things about the enemy of God and our enemy. He said it was internally processing God. What does your word say? And what are the lies the enemy wants me to believe? Wrestling with the devil was saying, God, I have allowed the world to determine my patterns of thinking. And yet, God, you have a different way you want to renew my mind. Not a mind full of worry, not a mind full of stress, not a mind feeling always overwhelmed or overcome. But, Lord, a mind that trusts in you. God, you care for me in what I am going through. And he said, that's what my wrestling with the devil was. It was retraining my thought patterns according to scripture. That's why Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Look at this. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on, on, on things that are of the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So he's saying you get to determine, church, where your mind goes. You get to determine where your thought pattern is at. You can choose to set your mind on things that are above, on what it is that God is doing, on the goodness of God, on God being in control, even when things seem difficult in the world around us. We can set our thought patterns on understanding the power of God is bigger than the problems in this world and that God cares for us. That's how we're challenged to live our life. To think that way, to redirect your patterns of thinking. I want you to hear me. This is not an easy practice. If it was, everyone would be doing it, okay? Like, it would just be a simple thing. It takes discipline to allow myself and to train myself. God, I'm not going to think according to that. I'm going to think according to your word. And so in our household, we've tried to do this of, just once again, bringing scripture memorization to our house. And so our kids have different verses that we're memorizing at different times. Um, let me tell you, as a parent, it's difficult with four kids still in the house. And I have to remember all of the verses, okay? But we're doing that of saying, hey, we need to take God's word and hide it in our hearts and let it be at the forefront of our minds because there is a real enemy who wants to direct our thoughts away from God. And it's not something spooky or mystical. It's just the truth that the enemy wants to lie to us and to separate us and to destroy our lives. And yet there is a God who cares for us, even when we're facing difficult things in our life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. That's where your mind should be going. We're worried and stressed because many times we're not directing our thought patterns. And the Bible challenges us. We get to choose what we think about. And so let me encourage you with this. You choose where your mind goes. And it's not to ignore what's taking place in the world around us, but it's choosing, God, I want first and foremost for my thoughts and my mind to be fixed upon you. And God, where the direction is that you see my life. And so we can choose joy. 
We can move from laughing 15 times a day to laughing 300 times a day. We've already done that as kids, right? We can get back to that. We can choose joy in our life, and we can choose those moments to, to look at the world in the way that God looks at it. And so we're about to do the awkward thing again, okay? So as we close this message, we're going to laugh for 15 seconds again. Why? Because some of you guys need this in your life, and we're just getting the awkwardness out right here all together, okay? So if you need to do this this week in your car or in front of a mirror or students, you have to run to the bathroom in school just to bring a little joy in your life and laugh in the mirror. You can do this, okay? Because we've already done it. So we're going to put 15 seconds up here again. If you're watching at home, you have to do this too, okay? So here we go. We're going to start the timer. Laugh out loud. <laughs> Great job. Give yourself a hand again. Okay, you did it. I'm trusting if you were wearing a mask, you were still laughing. Okay, you guys? Um, that you weren't hiding behind that. So we want to bring that kind of joy in our life. And that, you know, in everything that we're going through, we're focused in on Jesus. And once again, I just want to acknowledge this, and I want to be honest about this. Being a Christian, being a follower of Christ, being engaged in the church, does not mean everything is easy in your life. That's not what the scripture says. If someone has told you that, I'm sorry, but that's not what the Bible teaches us. It's not follow Jesus and everything will be perfect in your life and you'll never face any trouble. A matter of fact, Jesus said if you follow him, you are going to have trials. You're going to have difficulties. If you choose to follow after Jesus, things are going to be hard in your life. But he says this, you can be joyful. Take heart. Because he said, I've overcome the world. I've been victorious even in spite of everything that was going on in Jesus' culture. Political unrest. There was uncertainty. There was widespread poverty. And Jesus could still say, I am victorious. I have overcome this world. So you can take heart. Church, we may face a time of difficulty. And there may be hard times in our life. And yet we know this, that God is bigger than what we're facing. And that we serve a God who cares for you, who loves you, who wants to be a part of your life, even in the hard moments that you and I walk through. And I want to lead us in prayer. I'm going to ask if you would take a moment and bow your head and close your eyes. And as I mentioned, being a follower of Christ does not mean everything is perfect. That's not what this is about. There are some difficulties that we walk through. And yet we can trust, the Bible tells us that there's a God who wants to be near to us. And you may be here in this room this morning, you may be watching online, and maybe you're not connected to God. Maybe in your heart you would be honest and say, you know what, I don't know if I could really trust them. I don't know if God has my best interest in mind. Maybe there's some thoughts and some lies that you've believed about who God is that are different than what the scripture says. And the Bible tells us that we can bring what we're going through to God because he cares for us. 
The scripture is very clear that we can't fix our lives on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. And the beauty of the gospel is we don't have to. That Jesus came and gave his life. He sacrificed himself for us so that we could be brought back into a right relationship with him. And if you're here this morning and you're disconnected from God and you're trying to do this on your own and it's difficult and it's hard, you don't have to walk this alone anymore. God wants a relationship with you. He's not waiting till you get it all figured out or you're perfect before he invites you into that relationship. He wants to meet you where you're at. And I want to lead us in a prayer. And I'm going to invite everyone in this room to say this prayer with me, everyone watching online, even if you're by yourself, to pray this out loud because we don't want anyone praying this alone. So let's say this together this morning, church. Jesus, I come to you. I recognize I need you in my life. I don't want to do this alone. And so I know I've sinned. I've rebelled against you. I'm asking for your forgiveness. Come into my life. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. I pray this in your name. Amen.